Solar rebates are about ready to come to your house in Missouri. We're going to tell you what that means and why you should look into it today on Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world, this is Renew Gurus. I am your host, James Owen, the Executive Director of Renew Missouri. Uh, We are here in the St. Louis offices of Renew Missouri. You might not have known that we have St. Louis offices. We try to talk about it all the time. But Andrew Lenars is our our Regional Director and General Counsel. Andrew, how are you? I'm great, James. I'm great. And uh, in addition to to being one of your employees, I'm an avid listener of the podcast. So oh, happy it's, to be here. It's always good to meet a fan. Uh, I wouldn't say you're an employee. We all work together here. I mean, you have you run the St. Louis office. You've been doing that since last December. Correct. Right. And you're also now. I mean, this is kind of this is a little bit old news, but you're also the uh, state director, the Missouri State Director for Energy Efficiency for All. Correct, yeah. Uh, Energy Efficiency for All, or EFA, is a, a national project um, run by a few national allies of ours, the National Housing Trust and the Natural Resources Defense Council, and I'm, I'm the state lead in Missouri, yeah. and we're, we're working on making uh, homes and uh, multifamily properties more efficient for mm-hmm. low-income renters. You wear many hats. Many hats. Yeah, and you've been with this organization for six years? Six and change, yes. Six and a half, yeah, that's right. So you are, it's great to have you here. It's your first time on the podcast. We also have Philip Prasika on the boards. Hi, Philip. How's it going? Oh, it's just great. We're glad that you're here. Um, and we are, we're we're in St. Louis today. We wanted to uh, come by and, and uh, talk and pick Andrew's brain about something that he has been working on. So in addition to doing all of this policy work around St. Louis, in addition to doing this EFA work, he also still does a lot of legal work for our organization. And one of the things he's been working on is this song concept called solar rebates. Now, uh, as a little bit of background, we have talked a lot on this podcast about Senate Bill 564 it's a Grid Modernization Act. It was uh, passed by the legislature in May here in Missouri. Governor Greitens, in one of his last acts in office, signed it into law. Other than the provisions involving uh, the federal tax cuts, it all went into effect a couple of weeks ago, um, including this part about solar rebates. Now, Andrew, um, this is not the first time. Uh, that we've dealt with solar rebates. I mean, kind of, would you explain to our audience what does it mean when we talk about what a solar rebate is? Sure. Well, so solar rebates in, in Missouri, uh, they've been in the news lately, but they've been around since 2008 when they were passed by uh, a vote of the people by 66% of Missourians. Now, was there a group that was involved with getting that on the ballot and seeing that <laughs> be successful? Yes, there was. Yes. Oh. It's a group called Renew Missouri, Oh, actually. our group. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so we are really to thank for the solar yes, rebates. Absolutely. Okay, I just want to get that cleared up. And many volunteers and, and people that helped on that campaign, of course. Of course. So. Too many to mention. So, um, <laughs> that was a real coup. Uh, 
passage of the Missouri uh, Renewable Energy Standard, you know, it required 15% uh, of utilities power to come from renewables by 2021. Now, I want to make sure we uh, clarify this. This is for, was was the original proposition for all utilities or just investor-owned utilities? This is just for your big investor-owned utilities, Ameren, Missouri, Kansas City Power and Light, Empire down in uh, Joplin. Yep. Those three utilities make up the bulk of our power in the state, and uh, Prop C required them to get a certain amount of their power from renewables. It also crucially included a $2 per watt rebate for installing rooftop solar on your home or business. So what that means is uh, if you install, you know, it's $2,000 a kilowatt. So if you install uh, five kilowatts on your roof, that would end up being, uh, you know, a sizable part of the investment there, and um, that, you know, it it's had staggering effects. With, you know, these policies when you when you rebate a technology, what you're trying to do is jumpstart it to get the industry going. And within two years, I believe we saw a thirty-four thousand percent increase in the amount of solar wow. installed. So this policy has been extremely effective in bringing jobs in allowing people the opportunity to uh, you know, create their own energy and yeah. in creating a solar industry. Without that policy, we probably wouldn't be here today. So. Yeah, so now, I mean, so when you're talking about these rebates, I mean, the upfront cost of putting solar on your roof, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a little, it's a little high. I mean, is that safe to say? It's certainly high, but it's never been lower. So, you know, th- these technologies like solar um, they have predictable price curves, and yeah. um, that's been borne out over the course of you know the last decade. Here is uh, as the technology improves, the existing technology comes down in price, and so on and so forth. So we, we kind of know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, but this rebate did make that a little easier of a hill to climb. That's right. Um, yeah, it, it's it's crucial when uh, when an industry doesn't really exist, when there isn't a, uh, the ability for it to negotiate for itself at the legislature or elsewhere or to market, um, there's a need to get things started. And, you know, we can talk about this, I'm sure, but there are all sorts of arguments on whether you should use subsidies or not. But I think if you look into any, uh, power industry in particular that's established, it's relied heavily on subsidies to begin with. Really the question is, why do you want to subsidize something, not whether you should? Yeah, because I mean, I guess the question is: this was uh, controversial. The uh, rebate, <laughs> I suppose, it, very popular, but uh, controversial to yeah. some. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the utility companies, maybe. Yes, and you can understand why um, the utility companies required to pay their customer um, a little bit of money to uh, subsidize them going solar, and of course that customer then decreases the amount of power they're buying from the utility. Right. So it's kind of a double hit for the utility. Of course, there's another side to that. Um, and, you know, when you think about it, the utility is actually getting power from their customers or right. at the very least not having to deliver that power, which has a value. And it's it ends up being uh, very worthwhile to all customers to have more and more people uh, go solar. But there was some work that had to be done because the utility companies who had took some issue with this there were kind of some horse trading aspects that went on because, I mean, here's the thing that might surprise a lot of people. And I think this is relevant to keep in mind because we've got a number of ballot initiatives uh, that Missouri is going to vote on here in November. We've got three medical marijuana um, uh, initiatives. We've got a minimum wage initiative. We've got this gerrymandering initiative. Mm-hmm. I mean, those aren't 
those aren't free from the fact that the legislature can go and tweak those, right? right? I mean, yeah. so the legislature facing some pressure might have said, well, we want to tweak this if there's certain interests out there that don't like it. Yeah, and we've had tweaks to this uh, solar rebate policy over the years. Um, so this was it was passed in uh, 2008 with Prop yeah. C, and a couple years later, um, the industry was maturing. The price of solar had been coming down steadily, and mm. the solar industry actually um, negotiated with the utility companies to step the rebate back because there's an acknowledgement that you won't need a... Uh, subsidy forever once the technology right. matures so it's only fair so uh the solar industry agreed to a step down over a number of years and uh the utility companies were able to get that past the legislature i believe this is in 2013 yeah and we've had controversies after that utility companies uh argued that they had we were hitting a cost cap and uh the solar companies argued that 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 cost had never been calculated correctly there's been a lot of drama over this policy over the last A lot of drama and utility regulation in general, don't you think? I mean, it seems like it's one of those things that should be kind of dry and boring and about numbers yes. and about resources, but I mean, it just seems like there's people that get yeah. their, their panties in a wad about this, isn't it? Yeah, and in a particular... <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, in a particular instance of very high drama, um, basically a five-year case... A uh, five-year-long case ended up in the Supreme Court in 2015. Right. Renew Missouri was party to that case, and it resulted in us uh, requiring Empire District Electric Company to finally pay solar rebates. They had uh, been they- able to exempt themselves from the law, and uh, the Supreme Court found that to be unconstitutional in 2015. So, what was their basis for saying that? I mean, when, okay, so like, and then this is the thing that's like really important to kind of get into because a lot of people here. I mean, Andrew and I. Our lawyers don't hold that against us. Philip, you are not a lawyer, but you have to listen to us all the time. So a lot of this comes in through osmosis. I mean, so like when it, when we're trying to make the argument that something is un, like a piece of legislation is unconstitutional. I mean, basically, Missouri is founded on a constitution that allows the legislature to make laws, and sometimes those laws might be contrary to what the Missouri Constitution says. So I mean, what was I mean, what was the Supreme Court's position on this? I mean. What did they say that Empire was doing wrong here? Yeah, well, so there's a number of constitutional arguments at play. Um, one of them was basically that you can't make a special law um, that uh, applies only to one company. If you carve out uh, the law to apply to a particular entity, that's uh, against the Constitution. But what the court ended up resting its opinion on was the fact that the timing of this uh, exemption that was passed was actually right before the people got to vote. Um, so the, oh. the legislative session ends in May, right? And then the general election... The third Friday of May at 6 o'clock? Yeah. It's something like... It's in the Constitution, actually. That's right. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So they were able to pass a law that said a utility of this size, and they listed the number of customers, <laughs> meaning... And it could only be one utility. Um, yeah, d- is not required to comply with any solar requirements in any future um, standard or whatever. Trouble is that future standard existed at the time. It was written, and they had qualified for the ballot, and people were getting ready to vote on it uh, that November. So what the court says is you cannot amend a statute prior to its passage. Um, So there's a clever bit of uh, arguing going on there. Um, Our friend Henry Robertson at uh, Great Rivers Environmental Law Center. Yeah, we work with them a lot. 
he was the lead attorney on that, and the, the court agreed with us. Okay. Well, that's pretty exciting. Were you a part of that case? I was, yeah. Oh, see? Look at that. I mean, so, and you mentioned something about cost caps earlier. Um, I mean, kind of explain, I mean, was are there limits on how much rebates can be paid out on this? I mean, you mentioned that, so I want to make right. sure that people understand that from a historical perspective. Yes, yeah, so it was a much more of an issue back in the day when the rebate was a higher uh, amount. Now, now the rebates have been stepped back to a much smaller um, level, so it's hard to hit any sort of cost cap, but... Originally, when Prop C was passed, there was this cost cap that said utilities didn't have to comply with the standard so long as they spent at least 1% of their revenues on compliance. So basically, rates shouldn't have to go up more than 1% for them to comply. Oh, I see. Okay. And uh, so back in 2014, when solar was really starting to ramp up and they mm-hmm. started seeing you know a couple hundred applications every year... The utilities argued that they're spending all their money on these rebates and didn't have any more money available. The trouble is, you never know. I mean, you have to, in order to do this calculation correctly, you have to compare what the utility would have spent on fossil fuels and other things mm-hmm. versus what they actually spent. And it turns out that renewables save you a whole lot of money. So that's yeah. a complicated uh, calculation to do. And I don't know if we ever really saw it mm-hmm. done properly, but. Um, it's that controversy has kind of slowly faded away. And, uh, uh, as I say, the solar rebate amount is now much lower. So I don't believe we have to worry about those. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that when we talk about, you, when we talk about renewable energy in any capacity, whether we're talking about on the roof of your house or if a utility company is doing it, there's always a question of like, oh my gosh, there's so much stress and strain that's puts on the grid. But I mean, the reality is when you're talking about like, coal and nuclear and all these other things it's really expensive to ship coal in we don't make coal here anymore in missouri so it comes from wyoming and we spend we spend like i think is two billion dollars a year and that's not just the investor-owned utilities that's like co-ops and the uh, municipalities and everything else but we spend a lot of money just getting this stuff here that's right to burn it <laughs> yeah that money flows right out of the state and employs yeah. people that don't work in missouri and, and uh, you pay for it that's right yeah so, I mean, so we, okay, so sitting here at the dawn of the fall in 2018, we are, um, I mean, right now, are people really seeing a lot of benefit from rebates right now? Well, currently not right now. I believe right. Empire is offering a rebate because, as I said, they hadn't paid them for a number of years, so they had some catch-up to do. But yeah. utilities are now preparing to comply with uh, Senate Bill 564. Ah, and yes. there, there's some money that they're required to pay out in the form of rebates. And I believe that you'll be able to start applying for those this fall. Uh-huh. Uh, depends on the utility, and we should have information on that soon. But right. um, you'll be able to apply for under a brand-new tariff for, for new rebate money mm-hmm. uh, pretty soon here. It'll be $0.50 cents per watt uh, it, as long as you get your system installed before June 30th, 2019. Yeah. And then $0.25 cents, uh, for about a year after that. But, yeah, I mean, and, okay, let's unpack some of that a little bit. I mean, we talked about these solar rebates are being reintroduced thanks to Senate Bill 564, which is into effect at the end of August. And um, you mentioned a tariff. I mean, I, I think, you know, for some of our listeners who are new to energy policy, I mean, a tariff, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this because I'm trying to make this as simple as I can, that's kind of the legal document that's the underlying basis for a bill. Or like what finances something, and so we have these solar ter- uh, solar rebate tariffs that kind of address 
how that rebate gets paid out if you're trying to like get signed up for it, right? Am I close? That's, that's right. It's not a tax on soybeans or anything like that. Yeah, it's we because <laughs> when you hear tariff, you think, oh, this is like what happened when we were like, you know, assessing fines on horse feathers back in the 1880s. Right, right. Which, I mean, yeah. it used to be when we dealt with tariffs. I mean, tariffs are hot again, <laughs> right. thanks to um, President Trump. I mean, as a matter of fact, we have a our friends in the solar industry are suffering from a tariff on solar panel equipment right now. Right. That was introduced well before some of these steel things and soybeans, all that got done. So, I mean, we want to make sure that's clear. A tariff means something different when we say it. Right. In the in the PSC sense or the PUC sense, a tariff is a, a description of uh, the way that a customer can take service from a utility. Right. So this this is a solar rebate. Um, tariff that describes how the, the whole system works. Yeah. And so based on the legislation that is now law, it makes the Public Service Commission, which is a creature of statute, as we like to say in the legal world, they have to then process this because they regulate the investor-owned utilities like Empire, Ameren, KCPNL, and they're going to be looking at what that's going to look like. And you're involved with that process. Yes. Which, yeah. I mean, so you're involved with what that's going to look like and have, um, as we're sitting here, have all the um, have all the utility companies submitted what they what they're proposing. Yes, we've seen proposals now from all the utilities and there's a number of moving pieces in there that we're trying to work out that the solar industry is, is trying to work out um, what approach the utility is going to take when people can apply. Um, how they'll notify customers when they run out of money, this sort right. of thing. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, you talk about the solar industry. I mean, they're kind of organized. We have a group that we work with called uh, MOSIA. Yes. Uh, which is the Missouri Solar Energy Industry Association. That's right. Ah, which I know. I'm starting to figure all this out. Um, which is kind of based on SIA, which is the national organization. I mean, MOSIA is a pretty robust group. I mean, a lot of people don't even realize maybe that they're an organized group, but I mean, they've got, what, 47, 48 members, something like that? It's a pretty good group. Yeah, something like that, you know, representing about 3,000 solar employees in yeah. Missouri. Um, so. It's a big industry, and I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people who think like, oh my gosh, this is a, I think one phrase I inartfully used in some uh, article was, oh, everyone thinks it's liberal pixie dust, but I mean, this is like something that is a good benefit for customers, and it's something that's keeping a lot of people employed. Yeah, and keep in mind, you know, those 3,000 employees, those are Missouri employees. So right. So there are the big national solar companies that get a lot of business in Missouri, too. Yeah. And these are just the local installers. So these are jobs that can't leave the right. know, the, the, the locales that they're in. Yeah. They create, uh, these are good-paying jobs. They're high-skill jobs. Um, and they've all basically been created in the last decade. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a new industry. And, I mean, when we talk about, like, how we're going to revitalize the Missouri economy, it's going to be through jobs like this. Now, so, ultimately, the Public Service Commission has to give the okay for what the utility companies have proposed. There's always going to be some of this discussion about what works, what doesn't. Because, I mean, you know, one thing we always try to emphasize as a way of educating people about energy policy in the state here is in addition to groups like ours that has a focus on renewable energy and energy efficiency, there's a lot of groups that are at the table when it comes to energy policy. You have large-scale customers. 
workers, like, you know, people who run factories and hospitals and that sort of thing. Then you've also got people who represent low-income groups like Consumer Council, which is based here in St. Louis as well. Um, you also, I mean, you have the solar industry, you have other utilities, you know, you've got a lot of, I mean, you've got like the Division of Energy, you've got Office of Public Council, I mean, you've yeah. got a lot of people you got to work with here. The various regulators, the various yeah. consumer groups, sure, sure. Right, so I mean, you've got to like do, I mean, I think ultimately you always try to do something that's going to make them, you know, everyone can kind of live with something because ultimately you want everyone to kind of live with it because, you know, ultimately you don't know what the Public Service Commission is going to say. It might be something that doesn't work. So you try to get all that hammered out beforehand. That's Safe right. To say. Yeah, all the details that are basically not given to us by statute yeah. is what we're trying to work out at the PSC. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the this is the uh, insider information you're only going to get at Renewed Brewers. Um, <laughs> Exclusive. Exclu- yeah, this is the big scoop. Uh, <laughs> but you're doing a lot of that work uh, uh, for the renewable energy side of this. Yes, and uh, yeah, we've been involved at the commission, and you know, there may be a couple different. Uh, approaches depending on which utility it is you know that, yeah um, it's kind of they get to be little laboratories and figure out which approach works the best um but you know at the end of the day what the legislature said was that electrical corporations the big utilities would have to pay out this money at 50 cents until june and then at 25 cents thereafter in certain amounts depending on their size right right so for Ameren, that's something like uh, twenty-eight million dollars uh, through twenty twenty-three. That sounds like a lot, but it, when you look at the curve of where solar is supposed to be going, yeah, um, it's not a lot, and it's also really cheap. That's the other important thing that we need uh, that people need to understand is this isn't free money that the utility is giving away. They're right. getting power. The grid is getting power for this by, and it's uh, it's customers' money mostly that's paying for this. So. This is a bargain for utilities. This is a bargain for ratepayers, uh, and there's all the benefits that come with solar as well, including economic impact and reducing, de- you know, grid demand and all those beneficial things. Yeah, but they don't. I mean, but like, I mean, you say that this, you say the twenty-eight million dollars, like that, Amron's gonna see here. I mean, you know, because this is all kind of based on the size, and Amron's the biggest, right? Uh, of what we're talking about here, KCPNL is also very big, but not as big. Empires. You know they don't they don't deal with a lot of population. They deal with a large geographical swath. Not a lot of people in, in their service territory down in southwest Missouri. I mean, so if they're getting power out of this. I mean, you know, this is something that we always talk about. I mean, they kind of put this in this bill to kind of get people to like it better. Like they kind of did this because they were. This is a large bill, and there's yes. a lot of things in there about you know kind of removing some of the regular uh, processes of the rate case and everything else. I mean, I mean. Why is it that they don't, I mean, and you had Empire, they didn't like this. I mean, why don't they like this if they're getting power out of this? Yeah, it, I mean, it's a good question, and I, I think it's fairly obvious when you look at it from the from the perspective of a utility. A utility, utility makes money um, based on what they invest, and when they invest money in a power plant, they make a certain rate of return on that. And when they don't sell um, power... That means that they're recovering less on those investments. So yeah, they I mean, yeah. they make a lot of money with. I mean, they, they do they get a rate of return on their what their capital improvements and what they build. And ultimately, when you look at what's on people's houses, that's not something they're building. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's a customer built, and the utility is in the case of solar rebates is just incentivizing that uh, system to be built slightly. So 
clearly the the utility's losing a bit of money right losing a bit of control over the grid uh, the more solar gets uh, gets installed but the key here is if we're not looking at it just from the concerns of a utility shareholder if we're looking at it from the from the position of a ratepayer right or um, just a general person uh, I think you can see all these clear benefits I mean yeah. that the utility no longer has to deliver those kilowatt hours to the customer that eases the uh, demand on the grid as a whole it helps to lower the peak in the middle of the day which is the most expensive and you know hottest time of the day all right um, so it's saving on fuel costs we're, we're you know theoretically have to buy less of that coal from out of state right um, yeah there, there's a lot of benefits with solar it, there's also the ability to you know bounce back after storms right, uh, to right. have more di distribution on the grid as a whole and this is clearly where you know North America and the world are going in terms of power so yeah I mean that's absolutely right and I mean there's gonna be people who critique this and I think you were alluding to this earlier when you said you know we subsidize coal and we subsidize gas and some people are gonna say that we're picking and I think this is a phrase that we got from 2009, 2010, when we were looking at companies like Solyndra mm -hmm. um, that got really blown out of proportion, that we were picking winners and losers, the government was doing that. I mean, what is it about this policy about trying to um, help the solar industry? I mean, do you think this is a worthwhile policy? Right. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I mean, you can't fault people for feeling queasy about giving a certain industry um, you know, using government to give certain industries advantages. But when you look at it, not in that way, not picking losers and winners, but picking the benefits that you want out of your uh, utility industry, out of your, your uh, grid, Yeah. then it's clear that it, it makes sense to incentivize certain technologies, particularly when those technologies are not yet to the point where they, they can, uh, you know, stand on their own two feet and I mean, solar more and more can of course at the utility scale level it's one of the cheapest technologies right. out there yeah yeah but there are certain advantages to having distributed solar to having people uh have their own solar on their own house yeah. it's a little bit more expensive for them uh initially but of course then it saves them money for um for years and years and years well, so and, and to that point too the federal tax credits currently <laughs> yes. yeah um this is really just amplifying the benefit from that and yeah. really is the best time to do it if you're getting a state rebate and a federal rebate um that's really a, a good time yeah. to take advantage of both of these programs and to your point once the market catches up we're not going to need these subsidies because it'll be at an evil EU, right. uh, even yeah. uh, playing field yes and even yes. not evil correct yes. okay just checking yes. all right and <laughs> That's, I mean, that's correct. And, you know, again, I, I get the uh, argument about, you know, feeling strange about uh, giving out subsidies to certain industries. But let's remember that when we're letting these uh, power plants, uh, coal and natural gas plants emit into the atmosphere, um, we're all paying a price for it. It, it. It's having an effect on water. It's having an effect on asthma. These, these costs are real. They're super easy to quantify. People have been doing it for decades. Uh, we're all bearing those costs, and uh, that's just another reason why we want to actually select for better technologies. It's not to help an industry, it's to make our power sector better. And many states are ahead of us on this. Uh, it's right. clearly where we're going. We want to invest in the future, so this is one of the ways we can do that. Isn't it safe to say the government's involved with a lot of decision-making with investor-owned utilities? I mean, they are regulated. 
They're monopolies, and they're given that monopoly by the state of Missouri. Right. They have every time they want to raise rates, they got to go to the state of Missouri. Every time they, you know now they've got kind of these alternate rate making procedures, they still got to get those you know audited and okayed by the state of Missouri. I mean, so ultimately, you're talking about winners and losers. I mean, they're I mean, the state of Missouri's got their thumb on all this already, and they have for over a hundred years. Absolutely. I mean, it's inherent in uh, in regulated utility yeah. markets like Missouri is. You know, there's some markets that are uh, that have more freedom associated with them. They're unregulated, deregulated markets, like Illinois, which we can virtually see from here. And actually, uh, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I think many of us would like that. Many of the renewal advocates would prefer a deregulated state because we think our technologies like wind and and solar can compete on the open market. You see all these uh, corporations with very, very high renewable uh, demand, renewable appetites. They have their own goals that they want to satisfy. And if they're in a monopoly state, they can't necessarily do that. Right. Um, But as long as we're going to be in a regulated state, I think it's completely appropriate for the PSC to, you know, mm-hmm. decide what sorts of resources it wants um, because they have advantages. And to your point, uh, the price of wind is very competitive <laughs> to coal, even to the point of the most expensive wind is equal to, yes. uh, you know, that least expensive coal. Point being, <laughs> with us being, uh, you know, in the middle of the country in the Great Plains region, we get very cheap wind, and for us, our wind prices are even better. Wow, you've blown my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, you actually got me to pay attention. No, I don't know. I mean, that's, you're, no, but listen, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, the thing about monopolies right now, and this is like kind of, you know, kind of maybe high level, but like, you know, in 1913 when the PSC came around, we were like doing everything by wires and, you know, posts and everything else, and it's not necessarily the case anymore. And so you almost have to make the argument, could we not do this without having that structure? Philip, you made a very good point. So, <laughs> I think that'll have to be something that people take more and more seriously. Um, when you've got these big, you know, universities, hospitals, right. corporations, and people that all want to, ha- they want to exercise their choice to get their power some other way. Yeah. Um, and they can't do it. Yeah. That's a problem, and it's going to become a bigger and bigger problem the cheaper these technologies. Yeah. Get. I mean, like you got corporations all over the city of St. Louis wanting to do it. Anheuser Busch. That's right. Uh, General Motors. I mean, place, we, you, you deal with them all the time. We deal with them all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's just the reality of the economy. So I think, you know, the way we're looking at this, I mean, this is supposed to technically go into effect on January 1st of 2019. But the reality of how solar uh, works in the state, I mean, they you got to have a little bit of, um, so, so you you got to have time for the utility companies to approve your system. So, are we going to start seeing people that are going to be able to start taking advantage of this pretty quick? Yeah, we think that you know this fall, October, November, um, you should be seeing announcements of when you can get your application in for a solar rebate. And uh, if you're interested in this, if you think you have a house or a business that has a nice south facing roof, yeah, and uh, you want to make the economics work a little quicker, I mean, keep in mind. We think you should go solar already. It's already cheap. Exactly. It'll pay itself off, but this is a little kick to make it a little better, hopefully. Um, if that's you, then pay attention uh, if you're in Ameren or KCPNL, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to get your application in this fall. And Empire. And Empire. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, and one thing, too, uh, if you're someone who is really excited about battery storage and what that could mean, the federal tax credit also applies to battery storage if it's with a solar system. 
Uh, so if you're really just waiting for that development, you can take advantage of that now too. Okay, good point. Yeah, so I mean, so and we will obviously, Renew Missouri will have uh, resources. Uh, we're trying to educate people on this. That's one of the reasons we have this podcast uh, for all 15 of you listening. And, um, you know, I think that's important, but we'll also be doing um, a lot of education to the public. We try to, like, do stuff on our website. We're working with the solar industry right now, some of these folks that you've been talking about. And, um, you know, it's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, I'd like to make a shameless plug from Osea. Oh, please. Uh, do. If you're looking for a solar installer, there are many, and uh, we generally like to support those that are in the solar association, and they like to help each other. So if you're looking for a reputable installer, go there, find someone near you, get a few quotes, and give them a call. Yeah, M-O-S-E-I-A.org. Oh, thank goodness you knew that, because I was going to have to look <laughs> it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and they've got an executive director, Mary Shields, who is just dynamite. She's great, and she's been... She's only been on the job for about less than a year. I think she started like in October or November of last year. And, uh, you know, she's already done a lot of good work. Absolutely. Um, she's, you know, she's worked a lot on the East Coast and, um, you know, seen a lot of things that we're dealing with now. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I, think it's, uh, I think it's a really good time. And, um, you know, we've got the legislative session coming up. I mean, we're, we're talking about a bill that just passed and now we're already looking at what's coming out next year. I know we've always got a concern. We addressed this on a podcast a couple of uh, episodes ago about net metering and the attacks that are always seen on that about changing the rates where it makes, you know, less economic sense to do solar. And we're always going to be keeping an eye out for that, fighting that, making sure that people, lawmakers understand why that's bad for customer choice and everything else. I mean, but we're not going to worry about that right now because everything's good. we got the rebates. We're going to focus on the positive stuff. Yeah, and, and to that point, it, it, we kind of talked about this in the former podcast too. We know when we have rebates, when we have tax credits, it's also kind of silly to hamper some of that investment. Uh, we should let it all play out and then if we need to have that conversation in a few years, that would make sense to look at it once all this has gone out. We don't ever want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, like we said, we said a couple of weeks ago, we said, you know, we would be very happy to figure out what the value of solar is. And I think before you make policy like that, we don't really know. And like, we're talking about these things like we know and we don't. So mm -hmm. we're yep. still talking about them. I mean, you know, that's like one of those things that we're always going to be beating the drum on. So Andrew, uh, any, uh, this has been great. We're glad we're here. We should come more often. Uh, it's just, it's just, we have a very small office. We are trying to run this organization and do things all over the state. And then I dragged poor Philip here. Uh, because we have other meetings. We're doing other things here. We have a lot going on in St. Louis. So it's like a two-person job. So we try to come out. But, I mean, Andrew, what is what is some of the other stuff that you want people to know about uh, that you're working on, that you're excited about? Like, what, what should people be looking forward to? Yeah, so it's been great having our office here in St. Louis. It's something that we've talked about for a long time. Um, it's our biggest city here in Missouri. And uh, I've been here since about January. Yep. And it's great. There's uh, a bunch of stuff going on with the city of St. Louis. Um, the Board of Aldermen passed a resolution committing the city to 100% clean energy by 2035. And so I'm. That's the municipality. That's the city of St. Louis. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that we're working on a technical committee um, trying to figure out the various uh, pieces of, of that, you know, and uh, there's actually a rooftop solar proposal that I'm working on right now. Oh, great. Um, I'm part of a one STL group, which is sort of the larger metro area for, for St. Louis. Um, if you're interested in that, you can go to one STL.org and, and look at those targets and even endorse them if you want. 
Uh, yeah, and there's a number of things. that the Ameren, Missouri is coming out with a uh, green tariff called right. the Renewable Choice Program that we helped negotiate at the PSC. So I'm glad you said that, right? because on the last episode I said it wrong, and uh. I had to correct it. Because one of the Amber people were there, and you like they're like you said it wrong, and I'm like I always call it a green tariff, so I don't really. <laughs> sure. I think I call it like customer choice or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. There's lots of jargon. There is so much jargon and buzzwords around here. That's true. But you're working on it. Yeah, and uh, we're working with uh, municipalities, like uh, you know some of the the many myriad. Uh, municipalities here in st louis county a fair amount of them in st louis county that's true and uh so they're all allowed to participate in this program and get uh yeah some or all of their power from this special wind program that amarin's going to be offering called renewable uh customer choice renewable renewable choice, renewable choice. <laughs> I, you got it mixed up <laughs> see look i i ruined you you said it right the first time and then i said it and you said it like i did which was wrong <laughs> Well, yeah, also going to be their uh, community solar program for uh, residential customers. If you don't want to oh, take advantage of the rebate, yeah. you could you know be supportive of that. That's when right, it's coming out soon. Yeah, if you're in uh, if you're renting right now and you know you can't put up solar, or if you just have a really shady yard, you'll be able to sign up for a community solar program through Amarin, Missouri. Um, we expect that to be going live within a couple months. Yeah. That's very exciting as well, and we will be trying to promote that and let people know that's going on. We have uh, a lot to promote. Andrew, you've done it all. Thanks you so are... much for having me. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll have to we'll have to get you uh, on our calendar again soon. Um, you're working on a lot of other exciting things right now, and um, we keep adding your plate. <laughs> so you'll have other things to talk about. I mean, because we did kick off our, our, our candidate education work, and we'll be focusing on that in... Um, in uh, in October and the uh, lead up to the election, so we'll be uh, having you on hopefully during that period to talk about that too. So, on behalf of all of us here at Renew Missouri, we want to thank you again for listening. Remind you to subscribe to us on your uh, service of choice. I think you can subscribe on iTunes. I'm sure you can do that somewhere else. Write a review. Share this on your social media. Retweet it. Put it on Facebook. I mean, put it on LinkedIn if there's any people who do that anymore. Um, we want to get this message out, and we want you to know about solar rebates, and we want you to know about solar subscription, and we want you to know about renewable choice. Give I us a review. <laughs> give us a review. And give us money. We need it, because we're going to have to start lobbying, and well, we get all these wonderful grants, and we get all these wonderful organizations to help us out, we can't spend any of that money on lobbying. If you want to talk about what's going to make a difference... And when we talk about solar rebates is because we're able to do work in front of the legislature. We cannot do that without you. So get off the podcast, go to the computer, renewmo.org. And we thank you again for all of your support and for listening. And until next time, Seacrest out.